0: He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this
1: country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance.
0: We don't get fooled again.
1: He's Matt Long,
0: and this is The Matt Long Show. Woo, here we go, man. You know, when you hear that one, that intro, we're off to a packed today. I got Jason Jones on the program with me today. But right now, my good friend and uh, sponsor and supporter of this program since almost day one is Jody Gould with the Tejas Smoke Depot. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Matt. Man, I'm telling you on the on the drive into town, Jody and I were talking about the Ted Nugent concert. She was there. She had much better seats than I did. Um, she was she was like up in the box seats. And, uh, so anyway, but, uh, yeah, we both, both of us had a blast and, uh, you know, if you find Jody, if you go by there, uh, go by the Tejas smoke depot, which is on the West end of town. Um, if you're going down main street, um, in Fredericksburg and you're headed West and you get all the way to the end of town, there is a, um, y at the end of the town and you go to the left there and, uh, down a wee bit more is the Tejas smoke depot. I'd like to encourage you to go in there sometime in the next few days and, uh, over the weekend and ask Jody about her adventures at the Ted Nugent concert, because <laughs> these are things we probably shouldn't talk about on the air, yeah. but they were, boy, yeah, you sounded like you had more fun than I did. So
2: A little more, is for, for sure.
0: <laughs> there you go. More than you planned for. So, um, the Tejas Smoke Depot folks, if you haven't figured it out right now, they have all your uh, all all your smokes, everything you need from very very fine cigars to roll your own tobaccos to amazing pipe tobaccos. Um, they'll even help you um, kind of uh, build your own pipe tobacco. You know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and and get it down to the flavor you like. And um, they just uh, they've been here for now 25, 25 years. Is that right, Jody?
2: In January, it'll be 26. So, yeah, we've been going on for a long time.
0: Most of my life, it seems like. Oh Yeah. I know you really are 29. You you must have started that business when you were four. So (laughs) there you go. Um, Folks, um, one of the things that uh, we do with Tejas Smoke Depot is every week we have a phrase that pays. And uh, what that'll do is give you a discount if you'll go in when you go in and you say you make your – You can get your fine cigars and a Dr. Pepper and some ding-dongs or ho-hos for the kids and uh, tell them, I heard you on the radio, and here's the phrase that pays, and that will get you a discount along with your name in the hat for a monthly drawing. And uh, today is the day we make that drawing. So before we get to the current phrase that pays, uh, who's the winner for this month, Jody? Well, one of our long-time customers,
2: and loyal listeners grover is our winner grover if you're listening come by and get your winnings Mm, grover
0: grover is is that that's got to be a different grover than that right yes
2: different grover than that
0: okay (laughs) all right (laughs) so um there you go grover go in and um pick up your uh your gift card and uh thank you so much for listening and thank you for supporting the tejas smoke depot and the matt long show so um, Jody, what is, um, what is the phrase that pays this week?
2: Uh, well, first off, let's mention that we are having a Labor Day sale mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday on normal sales, cigars, uh, like tobacco and accessories. And the phrase that pays this week is, since we're having this wonderful weather, listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. Oh, it makes I me want to sing
0: a song now there you go yeah listen to the rhythm of the of the falling rain you know as long as we don't have uh, you know dancing naked in the hill country rain that there that's a phrase that always uh, bothers me a little bit yeah. so there we go let's repeat the phrase that pays again so we don't confuse people
2: listen to the rhythm of the falling rain i believe it's words of a song
0: yeah It what,
2: what a beautiful sound it makes
0: it it does, say. man. I'm telling you, my uh, when it started raining at my house last night, about ten to late, I I just I, I wanted to leave the door open, but the rain was coming exactly in that direction, so right. I just put a bunch of towels out in front of the door because I just wanted to <laughs> listen to it. So that's what well, I did yesterday. I
2: walked outside right before that lightning struck that transformer in town and turned tail and walked right back
0: inside. <laughs> oh man, I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> so um folks support those who support us go by the tejas smoke Depot sometime soon and uh, give them some business and uh give them the phrase that pays and uh thank them for being loyal patriots and for supporting patriots here in the county and uh throughout the hill country jody thank you again
2: thank you matt you
0: have a wonderful day we will all right there you go folks so we're kind of keeping everything uh, short and uh, sweet today and uh, because we want to get uh, Mr. Uh, Jason Jones on here with uh, trip tri- Tripwires and Triggers. He's got a couple of websites you can go look at right now if you want to. One of them is called jasonjones.com and that is J-A-E-S-O-N, Jones, J-O-N-E-S.com and the other one is tripwirestriggers.com. Now, I'm about to play you a a video that you can find this, and, of course, just the audio, but we're about to play you a video that uh, you can find at uh, tripwiresatriggers.com, and it's going to open up with with, uh, Jason Jones, and, of course, you can't see this on the radio, but it's going to open up with Jason Jones, and it's a night scene, and he's standing on uh, above the river, above the Rio Grande, and what you're going to hear, this uh, opens up with automatic gunfire, across the border. All right, so uh, folks, uh, here you go. This is our next uh, guest, Jason
1: Jones. Trying to show, you know, the American people what's really happening at that border, but more importantly too, how what's happening there directly impacts them and their families. One of the problems that Republicans and Democrats alike have had for decades is that we look at that border through the lens of immigration only. And what I'm really trying to do is illuminate the crimes against the state and against our country Mm -hmm. and what's happening to our citizens last night the guide left them and so they just kept on walking and laid up here how much did they pay in the end Eight thousand
0: to be abandoned three days in
1: yes is that pretty normal where smugglers just abandon them like this in the desert yes sir even all after the time. they paid all their fees all their money they just leave them out here all the time We've been embedded with the men and women of the Pinal County Sheriff's Office. We came to uncover the devastating impact of the Sinaloa cartel here, but also the collateral damage to the rest of our nation. Chief, what's the major change in tactics you're seeing in this area? The big shift being over the last year from drugs to bodies as the main commodity. So they're getting more money smuggling humans than they are for anything else. If the United States government does not designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, I can tell you right now, all you have to do is look at what's happening in Mexico with the hyper-violence, it is coming to our country. When you talk about the cartels, we have to look at them for what they are. The United States government continues to attack the symptoms, drugs, weapons, human smuggling, human trafficking, and that's all important. But there's one thing that's responsible, and it is the Mexican cartels, and we have not taken them on.
0: folks uh y'all uh, we're gonna take a short break y'all go check out jasonjones.com tripwirestriggers.com and that's jason j-a-e-s-o-n jones and we'll be right back Folks, thank you uh, for sticking around. You know, uh, call the neighbors, wake your friends, or is it how it is? I think it's wake the neighbors and call the friends. But uh, we've got Jason Jones on the line with us. And uh, if you haven't uh, uh, checked it out yet, he's got a couple of great websites. Jasonjones.com, and that is J-A-E-S-O-N. And Jones is spelled uh, normal. And then he's got TripWiresTriggers.com both of them have a tremendous amount of uh, information on it uh jason welcome to the matt long show good morning
1: well good morning to you it's good to be with you thanks for having me
0: absolutely we're very excited jason is going to be on stage uh, for our september 17th event and and uh along with uh, chip roy and don huffines and several other great people we're looking forward to visiting with and I had Chip Roy on the. Actually, I was talking with Chip this morning uh, before I even got in my truck to head down here, and uh, we already started talking about how we're going to run this discussion on stage on the 17th, and we're very excited about it. So Jason Jones is a retired captain from the uh, Texas uh, DPS, um, and is actually was part of the intelligence and counterterrorism division. I started reading through everything that Jason has done in his career. And uh, Jason, the first thing I have to—I need to say—is bless your heart. You really can't hold a job, can you?
1: <laughs> well said. Yeah. Nine <laughs> moves later, buddy, uh, throughout the state of Texas, and uh, yeah, I know what you mean. So tell us—tell
0: us why we're going to be talking about the border today and about border issues, and that's what we're going to be talking about on the seventeenth. Tell us why we should uh, why is it we should listen to anything you have to say about the border? what makes you what makes you the uh, the go-to guy on border issues? Well,
1: I moved nine times across the state of Texas, um, and I served during that time on uh, and assigned as three different border tours during my career. I was stationed as a trooper in El Paso for two years. I was an undercover narcotics agent in Brownsville, Texas, uh, buying dope from a group called the Los Zetas and the Gulf Cartel, who we really did not know anything about back then. And then I led uh, two major drug squads in Laredo, Texas, as the war between the Gulf Cartel and the Zetas broke out in Laredo and in the way of Laredo, impacting us at levels this state had never seen before. And then promoted to captain, got back home to Austin, Texas, and was a captain in the Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. And then because of the relationships we forged with U.S. intelligence agencies and with the Mexican government and other governments, we began really collecting intelligence on these cartels and then building programs to go after them. And then that was when the Texas Rangers asked me to lead their Border Security Operations Center, which is a cross-border operations center, to understand what these cartels were doing and the impact they were having on Texas and the rest of this nation. And since that time, Uh, Going back literally to 2011, not only have I been trying to get the United States government to focus on these cartels, but I then lectured at the Naval Coast Graduate School to SES-level government officials uh, in the special executive service to try to get them to focus their attention. And when that failed, after six years, I went public. And now I speak nationwide, trying to get them designated as foreign terrorist organizations. For the last five and a half years, I've been at it.
0: What, you know that you mentioned that? Why is that such a holdup? I know Ted Cruz and I know Chip Roy and some of these guys have been trying to get that um, designation. Is there is there any logical reason why? It, can you tell us why that is just not happening? Because it just seems so obvious that this is terrorism, especially now that they're pushing poison. Across our borders, and I'm not going to call it fentanyl or drugs or overdoses. We're being poisoned by uh, by a foreign entity. What what's the holdup on this designation?
1: Well, there are multiple things to it, but let me give you really the major points. One is that for you know decades, the Federal Bureau of Investigation utilized the system known as the Uniform Crime Reporting System, and it did not capture transnational crime through data and the impact. So when I would go, you know, to Washington in 2011, 2012, sitting down with U.S. intelligence agencies, they would say, Jason, we hear you, we see it in the intelligence, but we don't have the data. And they weren't lying. And yet, at the same time, governors uh, across the, the southern states were not lying when they said we have major problems. And the problem is that the system was not designed to capture 21st century crime. So there's one issue. The second issue is that Mexico is one of our number one trading partners, and it doesn't look good when you call Mexico a failed narco state, which is what it really is. Mm -hmm. So you have a federal government who is completely out of focus to the impact of transnational crime. The only reason they feel it right now is because we have wide-open borders And the northern states are feeling it through overdose deaths from fentanyl and methamphetamine. If we had not had the impact from fentanyl and methamphetamine, I can tell you right now, the federal government would have no, in any way, shape, or form, would they be looking at this border issue other than through the lens of what they look at it currently, which is the immigration issue. And while immigration is a major part impacting us here in Texas and other states, you have to remember it is just one issue impacting this country and the failure and i truly mean this from federal law enforcement agencies executive leadership from the fbi director to the DEA administrator to the dhs secretary to explain the national security impacts is what is really hurting this country so badly and also driving the divide that we have because we in the south we feel the human smuggling we feel the human trafficking impacting us we feel the drug trafficking
0: and yet, in the north, they feel it mostly through overdose deaths. <clears throat> so, um, you, uh, I want, I'm going to push your website again, TripWiresTriggers.com. There, you have been running a series of videos on there. I watched a couple of them yesterday. They're just amazing. Now that you're in the private sector, you, how much time are you spending on the border, like in the brush with a camera? Because it seems like you've got a It seems like you're practically living on the river down there.
1: You know, I've got a firm belief that, you know, Americans have been lied to so much by the media that if you're going to change and move the needle on what's really happening, you've got to show it to them. And so uh, I've been picked up by Newsmax. I am their national border correspondent, and I am on that border almost every other week. And I'm supposed to be in Arizona right now, in bed with Sheriff Mark Lamb's people in Pinal County, but we had to cancel last minute. Um, but I embed with law enforcement because what I know from my experience is that if I can get in with them and close the gap between what media is telling the American people and what law enforcement is saying this is where we win. And I know that from years of being assigned to the border, building programs to go after these cartels and these alien smuggling organizations. And if we show it, that's how we win. And so our motto is if we illuminate it, we eliminate it. And that's how we are able to move the needle here. And then I validate what I'm saying with the government's own data.
2: Mm.
0: So as so, my listeners, one of the things we we all know is that the mainstream media just is, is ignoring uh, everything down there. And even to the point, I believe yesterday, the uh, president's um, spokesperson even said something to the effect of that, you know, people are just not pouring over the border. That's just not happening. How can how can regular citizens, my listeners, how can we help? Um, kind of, uh, how can we help you um, in in exposing what's going on down at the border? Because listen, we we honestly feel helpless.
1: I know, I, I know, and I, I I need to tell you, it doesn't matter if I'm on the southern border in Texas where we have you know, ranchers who have absolutely been abandoned, or whether I'm in Arizona, uh, it's the same story. And I hear it from folks who are, are so frustrated. I've never seen Texans, and I've never seen our citizens so frustrated. You know, in the North, you have families who've lost their children to fentanyl, and the frustration is boiling over at this point. We have no guidance from the executive leadership of the Homeland Security Enterprise as to what they're going to do to fix this, to build programs, or to push money in order to go after these cartels to secure our border. And I know that frustration is there. I will tell you that I'm a big believer that we have to continue to reach out and convince our elected leaders at every level, uh, at the local level, at the state level, or at the federal level, that they have to act. and that we're not okay with what's happening. And feel free to go to my website, to go to uh, our social media and repost, send stuff out, because if people see it, they believe it. And they're being lied to. You know, half the country is not seeing what what people from Texas are going through. They're watching CNN and MSNBC who are not reporting what's happening. So if you go to New York, you don't realize there's a, there's a border problem. What you realize is that Texas is sending buses of migrants, and how could Texas do that? So that's why I'm a firm believer. The more we show what's really happening, and we show the truth. That truth still matters, and that that's how we win.
0: There you go, folks. It's help spread the word, and that'll make a big difference. Repost, tell your friends. Sit down and 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 write up a, a nice little email today, and then send it to a dozen of your friends, telling them, "Look, this is what's going on at the border." Here's a guy, Jason Jones, JasonJones.com, TripwiresTriggers.com. He is there. He is bringing you reality from the border. So just just go ahead and 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 send that out today to as many people as you can. Every little bit uh, like this is going to help. And uh, so you mentioned the buses, and I have to tell you, and I've confessed this on the air already several times. It was very interesting that our governor Abbott uh, decided this whole uh, bus thing. It just coincidentally, and I'm sure it was a, a coincidence, that right before the primaries is when he started doing this. And I have to tell you, when he did it, it just really angered me because it just felt so political, and I just it I it, I didn't approve of it at all. And here we are, at several many weeks later, and I think the buses going to New York and D.C. are the greatest idea that Abbott's ever come up with. Where do you stand on those? Where do you stand on those buses, and, and uh, do you think it's making an impact?
1: No, and it has zero impact on what is occurring at the border. But what it has done very well is it has illuminated the level of the problem that the southern uh, borders have taken and having to having to deal with day in day out. You know, right now you've got a little over three thousand people that have been delivered to New York. Mm-hmm. and on these buses and and it's all voluntary but what it has done very well is shown the level of stress that the southern states have been dealing with and that the media has refused to acknowledge uh, in, in the northern part of the country and uh, a lot of your listeners may not be aware but they've also started shipping them to chicago now as well. Uh, that just started this week that's so, and that's uh, the great thing about it. And I, and this is where I agree with you in in the beginning, I was a little skeptical thinking here we go with politics, but what it has done is forced the Northern cities and the Northern uh, leadership to say, Hey, there is a problem down there because if we can't handle three thousand in a city like New York, well, then what in the world is Texas and Arizona doing when we get that in the morning? Uh,
0: yeah, that's what just blows our mind. And you know, we're starting here, um, here in the Hill Country, and we're we're about four count. You got to drive through about four counties uh, from Kerrville or Fredericksburg to get down to the border, and yet, and and things I saw on the border say six months ago. Um, when i was down in kenny county and and uh you would be driving down the highway and you'd see what uh, i found out later are called walkers and um the the walkers uh, i would see them down in that area and uh, but never much farther north and my wife and i were taking a trip uh, a couple of weeks ago on the weekend and we spotted walkers here in gillespie county headed north where, How many of these, how far from the border do you think this is going to uh, get before, before Abbott or any of these guys start taking it seriously?
1: You know, the answer to that is I don't know. Um, I can tell you that Operation Lone Star, which is a Texas-funded border operation, is the largest Texas border-funded operation in the history of our state. And we've had many of them under Governor Perry, which I led the intelligence for the one in uh, under Governor Perry, which was Operation Secure Texas. Uh, that went from 2014 until 2017, um, and that was a multi-multi-billion-dollar operation. Now, just an Operation Lone Star, you're already at $4 billion funded from Texas taxpayers. Mm. So I don't – the question now is – the problem that we have is the authorities to do what needs to be done. Uh, and we have a personnel issue as well. We have maximized 12,000 Texas National Guardsmen deployed to your southern border. but This problem is so big. We've utilized every division of the Texas Department of Public Safety and of your game wardens. So the state assets are maxed where we are right now. The problem that we really have is the authorities to do what needs to be done. and Whether the governor will enact the invasion clause under the U.S. Constitution, that's yet to be determined. But what I can tell you is that this will get worse before it gets better, Mm -hmm. that the cartels are doubling down on the human trafficking into this country as more and more people around the world are coming. I can tell you that we are seeing numbers we have never seen. Uh, Right now, just so everyone's aware, we're at 1.9 million apprehensions in 10 months. Of this year, I want to say that again. In 10 months, we're at 1.9 million apprehensions, and we've got two to go. Last year, in the worst border crisis in American history, at your southwest border, U.S. Customs and Border Protection apprehended 1.7 million. And that does not include the gotaways, which right now, in 10 months, we're at over half a million known gotaways to have gotten into this country. We have no idea who they are or where they have gone. That doesn't include the ones we don't
0: know about. Yeah, the but unknown too, gotaways.
1: So that's uh, right. You got to remember those as well.
0: So, Jason, we need to take a short break. Um, I want to, when we get back, I want to ask you a little bit more about um, what it would look like if Texas did um, decide to make that move to. Um, Uh, declare an invasion and invoke that uh, section of the uh, U.S. Constitution to defend our border. Um, So we're going to take a short break. Folks, I have Jason Jones on the line with me. Go check out JasonJones.com and J-A-E-S-O-N Jones.com. Also TripWiresTriggers.com. Check those out. We'll be right back with Jason Jones. All right, we are back, and I have on the line with me Mr. Jason Jones. Go check out jasonjones.com, tripwirestriggers.com. And uh, I guess his parents were just having fun when he was born. They said, oh, no, we can't spell Jason normally. We're just going to have to put some extra letters in there. So it's J-A-E-S-O-N-Jones.com. Check it out. And uh, so we're going to play the uh, magic wand, or if I were the king of the world game here, Jason. um, If you were the number one advisor or the right-hand person to uh, Governor Abbott and uh, could uh, advise him on how to completely secure the border, or if we just made you the king of Texas and said, Jason, secure the border, what would that look like and what would it take? What would our border look like?
1: Sure. So first, I would address the state of Texas and make sure that they truly understand where we are and what is coming and what has been happening because I think there has been some real communication failure on that to what degree Texas has been impacted. Second, um, I would invoke the invasion clause while collaborating with Arizona's governor so that you're doing it unilaterally with other governors across either the border region or the country who are willing to do the same. So that way you do not go at it alone, singularly. Third, this would be fought out in the U.S. Supreme Court. And because this would be the first time in our nation's history that the declaration was declared. But what do you get from it? What you get is the authority to start deporting people. The challenge that you have, and it is a huge challenge that the governor will have to bear, is that the Federal government will come after those who are deporting these people. So I'll give you an example. If state troopers begin to walk these people across the port of entry, I can assure you they will be trying to arrest. The Department of Justice will try to arrest our troopers. So there are serious logistic problems there. So what are the solutions to that? Well, the solutions are you contract and you fly them out of the United States, I mean, excuse me, out of Texas, out of the country, to Guatemala, Honduras, and some of these other countries, who you could build the relationships and they would accept them. No doubt about it. I know that. But it's going to cost you money. But they would accept them. That is a massive deterrent. The second part of that, or you could float them. You could put them on boats and ships and cargo ships and ship them to these other countries. But what has to be known is that as a state, we cannot continue to bear... These open border policies. You see the crime occurring in our states. I'm sorry, in our cities. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happening in Houston right now with the crews and the gangs and the drugs. I mean, it's incredible. Dallas has major problems right now. Houston is hanging on, guys. I mean, I'm not kidding you. The Houston crime. You should look at some of the crime trends taking place uh, in Houston right now. So, our state is being impacted, and Texas is known for protecting its citizens and doing what needs to be done. And we need to keep that. Um, I'm very proud of Texas. I'm very proud of what Texas has done. There is no governor, and we have to be very frank here, who has done what Governor Abbott has done. The problem is that we have never faced a challenge like what we are facing. And I want to tell you that we are going to have to go to extremes uh, over the next two years. What extremes we will take, I don't know. But I can tell you this, and I truly mean this as someone... That works this issue every single day. What we are doing is not working as a nation or as a state. We are trying, but it's not enough. We're we're up against something that is much bigger than just immigration. When you look at these cartels, you have to remember Sinaloa Cartel is in fifty four nations around the world. Cartel Jalisco new generation is in forty eight. And, you know, I just spoke the story this week. We have a forward operating base of the Soloa cartel right across Arabaca, Arizona, right now. I don't know if you got to see uh, some of that. And that's just an example. So when we look at these cartels, they have truly become a parallel government in Mexico, meaning that they are in charge of certain states across that country, most of them along our border region. And this is how they maintain such control. So it is time that we look at, as a nation, whether the, the federal government decides that we are an open borders nation or we're a closed borders nation, whatever that is decided, Texas can no longer take the blunt of it. And I think the, the path forward is what I just explained.
0: Mm. So let's talk a little bit about, we've got about five minutes left here i've been down to the border several times in fact almost every time i go down there i run into you in some kind of meeting or a gathering or a news a news convention and i always look forward to that um the i talked to some of the people that live you know within uh, say 20 30 40 miles some of them living right there in those uh, border towns that are right there in their lives they tell me stories about you know the uh uh, when the sun goes down, that uh, they will very often uh, make it look like the house is empty. And so they'll turn off the lights and maybe just all gather kind of in one room. Um, what what kind of stories do you hear from Americans on our side of the border and what they're dealing with on a daily basis? Kind of unwrap that for us.
1: You know, I call them the forgotten Americans. I truly do. Um, Ms. Hobbs talked to her this week. She lives in Camado, Texas, which is just outside Eagle Pass. Uh, she had 1,900, let me say that again, 1,900 apprehensions on her property in two days by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. She is at ground zero, absolutely being overrun. You may remember her because uh, last year um, she's the one that had the Five little girls, ages Mm -hmm. one through seven, abandoned little Guatemalan girls found on her property, just abandoned at the edge of the river. Absolutely horrific case. Mr. King in Del Rio, I I sat down and interviewed him on Newsmax, got his story out nationwide. Every single day, DPS is apprehending people on his property. He's he's on a ranch of about uh, 8,000 acres. It's gotten so bad that he has had to turn on the lights and create a whole lighting system around his home where the lights are shining on his house because he was having it where they were literally banging on every window and every door at night trying to get in. He sleeps and walks with a weapon in every room of his home, and he's living with, with this. I got I got his story out nationwide. If you go to my website or you go to my social media, you can watch the interview with him. It's one of the most powerful interviews I've ever done in my life, as I truly feel sorry for our citizens. You know, we have an agreement with our government, and that agreement is that we don't take laws into our own hands. We don't assault other people because we expect that our government is going to protect us. And I can tell you right now for those people that are living along that border, that is not happening. Our state is doing what they can. They are doing more than any other state ever. And you can see that in everything from – the deployments to the number of people deployed to the amount of dollars that have been spent. But with that being said, we are in a crisis that we've never been into before. And you can see that in the data.
2: Mm.
0: So you mentioned something about taking law into our own hands. And I'm sure you've met people like this, but I have certainly met a number of uh, people, uh, the good old boys, who say, We're sick and tired of this. We're just going to get a group of us together down there, and we're just going to go stand on the river with our AR-15s. Do you think that's a good idea, Jason?
1: No, absolutely not. I I don't support that in any way, shape, or form. The the cartels and the Hong networks, not only that, the laws, you will get arrested, and you will be arrested. Absolutely do not do that. The, the, The difficulty law enforcement already has trying to determine what's happening down there with the number of people crossing. You are asking for nothing but civil liability, criminal liability. I do not support it in any way, shape, or form. But I am trying to be very clear and amplify what our citizens are going through because I do fear that it's coming. I do fear that uh, people are going to be taking uh, things in their own hands. I've never seen our citizens so frustrated. And, you know, As I'm talking to you about this, you have to remember, I'm on that border almost every other week, sitting down and I'm listening to what our citizens are going through. I am I feel that pressure wave over years of being down there. People are exhausted. If you go down to Brackettville, Texas, and you talk to folks down there, they are at the ground zero for the entire southwest border of where most of the people are crossing. The infrastructure was never set up in Del Rio and Eagle Pass to take this. Now, Rio Grande Valley, historically, that's where the buildup of local, state, and federal law enforcement has been happening, which is a lot of the reason why you see the shift of so many of these illegal aliens crossing in that region now, because they're getting away from the violence of the Gulf cartel. They're moving to Eagle Pass and Del Rio, but we don't have the law enforcement infrastructure over decades built up to support it, which is why so many people are being overrun on their properties. And listen, I feel their frustration as somebody that's down there listening to them.
0: <clears throat> well, Jason, we are completely out of time. I know we've got you scheduled to be on here again on the 15th, and then we're very excited to have you in the Hill Country and in Kerrville on september 17th that's going to be an amazing evening and we're all really looking forward to it and uh so jason thank you so much for uh taking the time with us this morning and uh we're looking forward to having you here in the hill country in a couple of weeks thank you sir
1: well thanks for having me let me just say one last thing and that is if you're listening right now don't let anyone in state or federal government tell you this isn't fixable, because it absolutely is. And we're going to make sure that the solutions to this problem are talked about when I come out there. And we're going to go into great detail. And they, the folks listening need to know. It. And we're going to make sure that Washington understands what needs to be done, and we're going to get it done. There you go. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Jason. All right, folks. Um, man, help spread this word go to jasonjones.com today and again that's j-a-e-s-o-n jones.com and um tripwires triggers he's got a series of videos uh on different subjects on the cartels on all different kinds of things there's an amazing amount of content there and if if you can just take some of these videos pass them on send them to your friends anybody that lives uh outside of texas and just say do me a favor watch this video and uh, help get this word out you can help make a difference in this folks we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and get to the calendars so y'all stay tuned
1: All right. All right. All
0: right. We are back. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, you know, you can pass. Not only can you help pass this um, uh, Jason's uh, um, uh, websites on to your friends, you can also tell people that you heard this awesome interview with Jason Jones today. And uh, or you can even tell him the interview was bad. But Jason had a lot of great things to say, however you want to do it. Um, but, uh, that'll be available. This program is available on, uh, uh, hillcountrypatriot.com and it's up there for about a week until it rotates out. And, uh, but I take them every day, usually on the same day. Sometimes I'm a day later and, uh, but I will post them up on all the, uh, popular, uh uh, 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 podcast sites. Um, I think most of, for some reason, it seems like Apple podcasts are my number one uh, listeners, that's where folks are going. Uh, Spotify is number two. Um, but I'm also on all about five or six others. Just look for the Matt long show. You'll see my picture. There's actually another program called the Matt long show, um, out there. And it's a guy that's a world traveler and, uh, d- tells travel stories. Um, but he doesn't have his picture up there. I got my handsome picture standing there in front of the Capitol on a blue sky morning. And you can see the pink dome behind me, uh, real easy to spot. And uh, so this uh, podcast will be clearly labeled uh, Jason Jones and Border Issues. And so you'll be able to pass this on to friends. Um, And like I said, we've got him scheduled again on the 15th. And uh, then, of course, he'll be in town on the 17th. Now, let's get to the calendars. Uh, We had uh, Jeanette Hormuth on here yesterday um, talking about the Fredericksburg budget hearings Um, Listen, if you live in Fredericksburg or Gillespie County, you are about to get raked over the coals. I'm telling you, these guys are going to jack your taxes up in Fredericksburg and they're not even holding back. In fact, they're going to use the same trick they use uh, quite often, and that is they will come in in the middle of the budget, uh, during the budget negotiations, like right now. That's what we're doing, and I'm going to give you some times and where you can go and be engaged in this here in a minute, but here's what they'll do. They'll start out and say, well, we're going to raise the tax rate by, I don't know, 3.45%, right? Well, the the uh if whatever the number is i believe it's three and a half percent if they raise your local taxes uh more than three and a half percent they have to take it to a vote and uh, i apologize if i got that number wrong but um it is uh that was a law that passed uh recently um in the uh, la- either the last or the the legislation legislative session before that that basically said, all right, you can't, a local entity cannot raise your taxes more than X amount. And I believe it's three and a half percent without asking, without getting your permission. So take this back to what Fredericksburg is going to do. They're going to start the negotiations at uh, 3.45. And, uh, we're going to have a lot of citizens go in there and everybody's going to make a ruckus. And, uh, at the end of their planning session, they're going to go, okay, we're just going to raise it by 2.5, and then they'll brag about how they lowered the tax rate because of the, you know, the citizens, they were listening to the citizens, and they're going to paint this up as, you, yeah, you negotiated us down to two and a half. and the, the point is we're all supposed to pat ourselves on the back and be happy, folks, the, the city of Fredericksburg could very easily. Do what so many other cities and uh, and local entities are doing across the state of Texas, and that's called the no new revenue rate. And what that does is it uh, takes your inflation in your property valuations, and it offsets it with your um, with the tax rate so that if you paid X number of dollars last year, um, the, and your evaluation went up, your property value went up, and then the uh, tax rate comes down to a point so that you pay the same number of, uh, uh, pay the same amount that you paid last year. And you go, well, wait, Mr. Long, how can we grow if that's all we're doing? Well, you grow by the new people that are coming into town. You grow by the new businesses that are coming into town. You grow because Fredericksburg is booming that that's how you grow. And, 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 um, and, and so you can have a no new revenue rate set up in your town. And listen, cities and towns all over the state are doing this. All that all the city of Fredericksburg has to do is look at other places where they've done this. Their revenue still increases. This uh, even doing that doesn't uh, doesn't affect the hot taxes, the hotel occupancy taxes, and those have been going through the roof in Fredericksburg over the last couple of years. Yes, you heard me right. Even during the kung flu pandemic, the hot the hotel occupancy tax rate in Fredericksburg, these guys have been making money. They've been doing good, and then the federal government comes along and wants to dump a couple of million dollars on them with ARPA. So they got all this extra money and now they still want to raise your tax rate as well as you and I both dadgum well know that your property value has gone up. And so you're going to be paying a whole bunch more. Now you may say, well, I don't live in the city of Fredericksburg. I live out in the, I live out in the, you know, I live between, uh, Fredericksburg and, uh, Johnson city. Folks, if you live in the county, if you do business in Fredericksburg, if you live or, or participate in any business around in the hill country in Fredericksburg, you will be affected by this. They will let you talk. Um, I have uh, uh, I have testified in front of the city council of Fredericksburg numerous times, even though they know I don't live in the city. That doesn't. I am still allowed to testify. Um, One of the things the city council members are saying right now is, you know, the only people that are coming in here are a bunch of old people. And don't y'all know that your property taxes are already frozen? You know, if you're over 65, your taxes are already frozen. Why are you complaining? It's not going to affect you. And they're telling us, folks, they're telling us that nobody under 65 is going up there and saying anything about it. I'm not sure if I believe that or not. But it would sure make a big difference if we could get some people that are under 65 to show up. And I'm about to give you some times and locations tomorrow at 9 o'clock at the golf course in the, uh, oh, uh, I can't remember the name of the room, but you'll, uh, you'll find it in there. I think uh, it's the Ladybird room or something. I'm completely losing it. But uh, you will find uh, that room up there at the golf course. They're going to meet at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yes, I know. A lot of people under 65, 9 o'clock in the morning is a bad time. Gee, I wonder why they did that. If there's any way you can get up there tomorrow at 9 o'clock and have your voice heard and tell them, no, 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 do not raise our tax rates at this time. Don't do it. They are, and some of their budget lines are doubling. Some of them are doubling and more than doubling. They can cut, not raise your taxes, go with a no new revenue rate, turn back the money, the ARPA money, which is all got a billion strings attached to it. They can send that back to Washington and still come out smelling like roses, still come out good. So 9 o'clock tomorrow at the golf course, um, and then Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Now, you may have heard someone give another time on that, which might have been me. Um, But it is 9 o'clock Tuesday morning as well, and then at 6 o'clock at the law enforcement center will be the the regular city council meeting where they'll take that vote. Folks, I'm telling you, by 6 o'clock that night, they're already going to have their mind made up. And so if you want to make a difference, then you need to go either tomorrow at 9 or Tuesday at 9, and you've got to get some younger people out there. Whatever it takes, get some younger people out there. All right, this Saturday, the 3rd at 1 o'clock is prayer at the Kerr County Courthouse. Um, 1 o'clock at uh, the either the flag or the gazebo, depending on the weather. Um, and then next Wednesday, a meet and greet for Liberty in Action Uh, we, the people, Liberty in action over here in Kerrville, got to love these people. They are moving and shaking. They are the people responsible for filling up the Y.O., Uh, The other night, uh, on Friday night, filling up the, uh, no, it wasn't Friday night, filling up the Y.O., whatever night that was, a couple of nights ago, uh, Tuesday night. Um, These guys, they brought over 200 people in there. These guys are moving and shaking, and they're going to have a meet and greet starting at 6 o'clock at the Acapulco Mexican Restaurant in Kerrville. Go early and buy dinner. Support these guys who support us. Um, And then Thursday next week, uh, the regular meeting of the Fredericksburg Tea Party that is uh, at St. Joseph's Hall. The dinner at 6 and uh, the meeting starts at six thirty. We have uh, Sheena Rodriguez who is going to be on uh, speaking and uh, I'm very excited to have Sheena uh, speaking to our uh, meeting on Thursday the 9th. And by the way, early bird tickets for our big fundraiser, and you're going to hear Mr. Jason Jones is going to be there. The early bird tickets are about, they're about gone folks. If you want that early bird pricing, um, you need to do so in the next day or two, because those prices are going to go from $65 per seat to $85 per seat. Um, if you want to be a sponsor, this is it. You're very, 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 very last chance. Uh, to be a sponsor in fact uh, kind of had the uh, sad discussion yesterday that um we may have to cut off sponsorships um and so if you're thinking about sponsoring do it now because there may not be time to add you and that would be very very unfortunate so uh, go to fredericksburgtparty.org and for crying out loud stay tuned for lorraine she's going to set all of you straight